Hello, hello, small business growth family. I am so excited to be relaunching this podcast for season two after a little bit of a hiatus. But you know what? We are back. Welcome to Relaunch Week Party. There are giveaways, surprises, specials all week long. For all of the details of the giveaways, check me out on Instagram at this is Madison Page. I'm giving away a free 90-minute intensive, some trainings, some workbooks, all sorts of things. So make sure that you go and check me out on Instagram at this is Madison Page. But we're back. There is going to be one episode a day, all week long, Monday through Friday, and we are here. We're bringing the energy. We're bringing an awesome, awesome interview for day one. This is Pete Maldonado, the founder of Chomps. But before we get too far into the episode, I just want to introduce something that truly I have wanted to do since the beginning of this podcast, and I am so excited about it, and that is the Small Business Growth Community. The link will be in the show notes below. It is completely free for everybody to join. I'm going to do exclusive trainings. There's going to be giveaways in there, early access to offers. You'll have access to me and I can actually get to know you. You can ask questions. You can chat with other small business growth owners, which honestly I think is so, so key in business is having a community, having people that are like-minded, building something very similar to you with similar goals. Honestly, it is absolutely necessary to have some, some type of community like that. And I want to provide that for you, provide you free trainings and honestly give you access to me because I want to know you. Your businesses are so cool. And I want to dive in, answer your questions, give you some, some fun stuff in there as well. So the link is in my show is in the show notes below. It's the small business growth community and we're all just going to join in there. It's completely free. So join in, check it out, say hello, introduce your business, and I'll say hi as well as some of the other business owners in there. So I'm sure the other surprise you have already noticed that we have gotten a little facelift for our thumbnail and I'm truly obsessed with it. I'm so excited. So we have a new thumbnail. We have a new Instagram name at this is Madison Page. We are starting a community so you all can get to know each other. And we got giveaways, surprises, and specials happening all week long, giving away 90-minute one-on-one calls with me, giving away some little surprises, some workbooks, all sorts of things. So check out my Instagram. The party is going to be here and there with one new episode all week long. So make sure that you are following me over there as well. So without further ado, we are going to start our episode with the interview of Pete Maldonado, the co-founder of Chomps. Chomps is the fastest growing natural meat snack brand in both the natural and conventional retail channels with products made from high quality, sustainably sourced proteins and no hidden harmful ingredients. If you guys haven't had Chomps, they're fantastic. And when they reached out to be on this podcast, I was so excited because they are truly a company that I buy from on the weekly. You can find them all over the place. So here is their growth story and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hey, Pete, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to chat with you. Um, I am a huge fan of Chomps. Do you want to let all of the listeners know kind of what your business is before we kind of jump in? For sure. Yeah, I appreciate that, by the way. So 
Uh, Chomps is a, it's a better for you meat stick. So if you think about any of the meat sticks that you probably grew up seeing in gas stations, we took those and we took all the bad stuff out and put good stuff in. And uh, so we're talking about grass fed and finished beef, free range, antibiotic free turkey. Uh, we actually have a venison one now, um, no sugar added, no, anti no antibiotics, no crazy preservatives, just very, very simple ingredients. Uh, and they taste really, really good. Uh, and so yeah. it's allowed us to really build this business over the last nine years. Yeah, totally. I actually have been eating chomps for a long time. So when you guys reached out to come on the podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, I have photos of my friends and I like on the ski hill chomping on some chomps. It's super funny. Yeah. Um, and so where, so you started nine years ago, what made you want to start a, like a better for you meat stick? Yeah. So I was actually a personal trainer in college and so I grew, I grew up in Long Island and yeah. uh, I would go back and forth to school. School was in Palm Beach out in Florida, which is where I live now in Florida. But I grew up in out there, like right outside the Hamptons. So I had a lot of these people that worked in Manhattan, but they would go out to their Hampton homes during the weekends where they would meet with me. Um, I would spend a whole lot of time with them, putting them through workouts. And then I would create these meal plans for them to go and, and with, with grocery lists. And so, I, I, so they could take them back, back to Manhattan with them. And, you know, in hopes that they would actually go shopping for this stuff and put these meals together and follow them. And they never, ever did. It was like drive me nuts. Um, and, you know, with, when it comes to fitness, you know, the bulk of, of, of hitting your goals comes from the nutrition side of it. You know, you can work out as hard as you want. But you'll know. Um, and so that was just one of the things that we, you know. It was, it was just really got the, the wheels turning where I was like, man, what can I bring to market to make life a little bit easier? By the way, just a caveat that this was, this was 19 to 20 years ago. So when I first started training, so nowadays there's a lot of these really great meal plan services. There's a mm -hmm. ton of great, uh, better for you snacks, but yeah, back then it was, uh, it was tough. It was really tough. Yeah. Far and few between. So where a lot of my listeners can probably like relate to most is in those first couple of years stages when you're like, okay, how the heck do I get this off of the ground and get this into the hands of so many people? Uh, where, where were you kind of at? Like right in the beginning, where did you, what were you doing to kind of be like, okay, I want to, I want to expand this now. Yeah. So, well, first off we started with direct to consumer and e-commerce only, mm. right? So we were not going to go into retail uh, we, you know, we did that for a number of reasons. Well, first off, this was a side hustle for both Rashid and I, Rashid's my, my business partner. Yeah. Um, and we, we wanted to have something that we can handle and do like on nights and weekends and, um, you know, obviously in our, in our, as a part-time gig. And so obviously like an e-com situation made a lot more sense. So we would pack orders at night and on Friday night, he'd come over and we would start just, you know, packing boxes. We had our, uh, our wives helping us do it too. And then we would drop off a ton of orders over at, uh, at the post office and get them out. But, you know, that's just how we started out. But the thing about it is when you start a brand like this, you have literally no credibility whatsoever, right? Cause you're just, no one knows who chomps what is right. So one of the things that we really did early on is aligning ourselves with various trending, um, uh, diet tribes. So you would think like back then it was paleo, uh, and then whole 30, um, keto way back, back then, you know? Yeah. And, and so, you know, with each one of those categories and which each one of those communities, they've blown up over the years. Um, but it gave us that initial really great, you know, just credibility. We were able to work with a lot of these different blogs or, um, 
even like the influencers. So we were doing that like influencer marketing before it was called influencer marketing, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, but again, so it allowed us to at least get exposure, but, and then the credibility at the same time. And that's where we built the brand. Um, but luckily each one of those communities has, has blown up. I mean, whole 30s as mainstream as it gets keto, like everyone's doing keto now. At least everybody's tried it for two weeks. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was, uh, you know, as though, as those uh, communities have grown our, our ability to grow this platform and this brand has really grown. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds awesome. And so when you guys were packing them in your house, were you, ha- were you at like a manufacturer and they were, they were making them or were you guys making them in your house? No, no, no. So yeah. So we've always used a co-packer. So this yeah. is a very like specialized product. You need to have. Uh, I'm sure. Well, yeah. With the processing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the ovens and, and the meat, you know, stuffing, stuffing meat into a casing is very difficult, <laughs> difficult. Yeah. Anyway, um, people do actually do this on a very small scale out of their house. We were like, when we started out, we actually started growing very quickly um, Mm -hmm. where we would have never been able to keep up with that type of volume. And plus it was a side hustle. So it was like, we just don't have time to make product. We'll just make it. Yeah. So we started with a very, very small co-man or co-packer and it's the same one we use today. So they were, they were a, um, it was almost like in the back of a, little like corner store in the middle of this little farm town in Missouri. And back then they had one cook oven. It was a little family run store in the, oh, it was awesome. in the back of their deli section. Yeah. Um, nowadays that store is completely gone. There's about like a 70 or 80,000 square foot facility there. Oh my gosh. Expand it. And we're still, we're, we are their biggest customer there. And uh, you know, and it's been a great, great uh, partnership over the years. Yeah. I have a lot of, a lot of people reaching out kind of in that, in that spot where they're, they're at home and they're kind of trying to, to start someone else doing it, outsourcing the, the like kind of manufacturing, whether it's, it's not, not normally food, but food or something of the other sorts as well. I think that's a really interesting process and it's so cool to watch that grow, especially. So you truly see that you like blew up kind of through that influencer marketing, even though before it was trendy is tapping in to different markets that you knew would latch onto your product. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, you obviously want to try to pick a, a one, one that's going to be trending in the right mm-hmm. direction and growing. Yeah. Uh, so we used like early on, it was just free tools like Google Trends to really see how is the search volume picking up. And mm-hmm. this was for every one of those little niche, niche diatribes at the time. And we could see it just taking off uh, and moving in the right direction. CrossFit was another one where we, we that's where we started. And so, you know, all of those like Whole30, Paleo, they were all very much entrenched in in that whole CrossFit world Mm -hmm. too. So it was a lot of just alignment. Um, But yeah. Yeah. And so as you were going, like, where did you feel like, like, it sounds like you said you guys grew really quick. Like, what was your first, like, oh gosh, like this is a barrier that you kind of had to overcome. What was, what was kind of that story behind it? Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, Well, there's been so many of them. Let me try to think back to the first one. So or just the best, the best yeah. experience one. Well, I think this would, this would have come, I think one of them where we were like, how are we ever going to do this? Yeah. It was when it was actually our first introduction to the retail world. So we had this opportunity to sell to Trader Joe's. So they reached out and we were only doing e-commerce and we were a very small brand, uh, but they liked our brand. They wanted to work with us. Um, and they asked us, you know, point blank, are you guys ready for this type of volume? And I'm a sales guy. So I'm like, yeah, of course, you know. Yeah, um, let's do it. And, yeah, yeah. And like I had no idea what that actually meant. And um, it was big volumes, you know, and it was bigger. Their initial PO was bigger than when, than the sales that we had done the entire year before. 
Um, so you got to imagine from a production and quality control standpoint, that's a huge undertaking. We had to get really good, really fast and learn the business and how to scale it. Um, but then on top of it, we didn't have the capital to even fund that type of, um, uh, that type of order. Um, and uh, so we ended up, uh, Rashid and I on, it was a Friday night and we said, we need this cash right now. How are we going to do this? And we just, we decided, let's just call all of our friends and family right now and see if we can raise this money. And uh, from a Friday to Monday, we raised $1.1 million to, wow. to uh, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so there's a lot of stories like that where we're just like, Rashid and I, we will we'll sit there, scratch our heads, like, how are we ever going to fix this? And then we look at each other and we're like, dude, no, this is where we thrive. Like when we always, we thrive whenever there's like a, something that looks like we'll never overcome it. And mm-hmm. literally every time we overcome it, but we actually come out of it even stronger and better place than we, than we were going in. So, um, yeah, it's a, that's how we work. It's got, you gotta, you gotta be resilient in, this, in a, in any type of entrepreneurial, uh, setting, but I think especially in the CPG world, yeah, it, it's a roller coaster. And, um, yeah. So you have to have thick skin and be ready for it though. Absolutely. I think that's a huge learning experience in, in entrepreneurial world in general is just like the first time people start to have some of that, like hardship barrier to something they're like, Oh my gosh, can I actually do this? But that really is where you grow and where all of a sudden it's like an opportunity comes or you, you think of something miraculous. And then that's normally where the growth comes after that is through some of that, that barrier. Cause you got to go through that to kind of see that new level of growth. Um, definitely have seen that a lot too. Um, yeah. and so where do you feel like, like in the market that you were able to differentiate yourself? There's so many people like this is a saturated market, even though you guys do differentiate yourself based on how clean you are, but it is still like, like you said, no one knew who chomps was. How did you really get to get people to know it? Was it just through influencer marketing? Did you do any different types of marketing through that? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing for us is really the the positioning of the brand and the products and how we, and how we built it. So um, what we did in 2018, so we were already kind of getting this traction. We had a good following and people liked the products. Um, they, they said they said the product tasted great. It checks the boxes for them in a nutrition, from a nutrition profile. Um, but, you know, what we, we were like, we need to get really smart about who our real customer is mm-hmm. and make sure that we were, we're leaning into that. And so when we went through this whole branding exercise, we found that for one, that our core customer was about 75 to 80% female. Wow. Which was a huge differentiator in the meat snacks category in general, where, I mean, you, you walk mm-hmm. into any store and it's very male dominated, you know, mm-hmm. even the colors and all the, you know, the packaging, it's blacks and red and yeah. it's very masculine, you know? Um, so we, we realized then, okay, well, female, that we are going to be the female friendly meat snacks brand. We decided on the spot, like, that's how we're going to do this. Now, what does that mean? Um, so then it's thinking through like, what is your content strategy? What's your, um, messaging going to look like and then packaging. And so our packaging, and if you look at the way we we've designed it, it's a flood of color. Mm-hmm. Each package is a flood of colors, very bright colors. You put them together in a brand block in any shelf and we're going to stand out like crazy from a mile yeah. away. It just looks like a rainbow in the middle of this, you know, a, a sea of masculine. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so, and then on top of it, we, what we wanted to do too, is if you think about any of these meat snack brands that we compete with, most of them are very aspirational in, in their, uh, the content they put out. So meaning 
um, if you like on a social media feed, you'll see a lot of like, you know, a kayak or hiking or weekend warrior type, you know, yeah. content. But we're like, dude, like, no, our customers are like mommies that have four kids in the back of a van that are trying to get from school to soccer practice. Yes. Bed and they're throwing sticks behind them over their shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, or you've got these young professionals that are, um, you know, sitting on the L, you know, shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of other, well, pre-COVID. Back, back when people actually used to go to the office and yeah. uh you know but they're they're looking for a snack before while they're on their way to the office or in between meetings um and that's who our customer was and so we wanted to be that real brand for real people um and we didn't want we wanted to make sure that we were there for those people daily on their daily life not just on these you know a, a hiking trip right mm-hmm. um and that that's really worked out well for us um because we feel like and if you look at like repeat purchases and the amount that um, the amount of volume that people buy at one time of chomps versus the competitors, we've think we've done a really good job of showing them different use occasions too, um, and and day parts, and they're using chomps and they're they're eating chomps more often than they eat these other types of products. Um, yeah, one one of the things actually we did differently too, which we leaned in really heavily heavily on in COVID, was positioning chomps not just as a protein snack for on the go people. Uh, but we were more of, we want to be a pantry staple and teach people how to, how to use this more of uh, an ingredient in other meals. Mm -hmm. So if you look on our social media feed and on our website, we've have recipes like crazy in your omelets on salad toppers as pizza toppers, you name it. And people are doing it. And, um, and it's, it's the proof of that is in user generated content that shows up on social media. Mm -hmm showing us how they're using chomps in ways that we never even thought of. Yeah. Well, and that's the value piece of social is that so many people are coming around wanting that more, they want more than just like, look how great of all these people are like eating chomps on the weekends or even like throughout their day, like they want to know how they can use it and kind of humanizing the actual brand behind it, which is something that we talk about very often is like bringing that here, this is this, but you can also use it in all of these other ways. And you can do that with any type of business is how can you actually put this into the mind of the consumer of them already having it, having that recipe, eating it through that. And it's so huge, especially to grow a community with user generated content. That's right. Yeah. And you think about too, you know, the way that we build um, top of funnel now, right. And the way that we plan to continue growing this brand outside of these, you know, niche diet tribes and that we've, we really started with it's, it's with these influencers that are going to be putting out that type of, that type of content, you know, and we have, and it might just be like even brand ambassadors or people that are just completely just just brand loyalists that do this stuff Mm -hmm. on their own. Um, But that's really the way that we want to work with, with people. So I think, you know, if you're seeing the brand for the first time, it's probably uh, really helpful for you to be seeing it from somebody showing you a really cool way that they're using it. Mm-hmm. Um, in their daily life, rather than just seeing like an ad pop up on Facebook or Google. Um, yeah, that you know, in a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's actually like thinking back when I first heard about your brand was from an influencer, just one of the influencers I follow, Jeanette Ogden, which is Shut the Kill Up on Instagram. Love oh. her. Um, and I think, I mean, she posts about you guys all the time, which is super cool. Um, and she's where I kind of, and she's that through and through like kids, busy mom, like there, she's got the organic side and a huge following was able to, to kind of get it out there as well. And so you guys, you have this whole marketing and how big of a team do you guys have now? Now we have 25 full-time people, including Rashid and I. Wow. Uh, I have, go ahead. What's that? Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to ask another one. 
Yeah, yeah, no. So we and we just that's we just hired someone even last week. Um, we have we have a bunch of job openings uh, for right now, actually. And if, if you guys, if anybody's looking for jobs, um, definitely take a look at that at our, our careers page and our website because we continue to build this team. We'll probably have over thirty-two, I think, by the end of this year. Yeah, um, which is what three months away now. So we're um, yeah, we have we have some work to do in in hiring, but um, but yeah. And where do you, where do you have like the most amount of your staff kind of allocated? Is it in the marketing area where is it branding? Where are you, where are you allocating most people? Yeah. So the way we started the business was very marketing focused, marketing and brand focused, um, especially with e-commerce being that's where we're, we're, we're a digitally native brand, right? So um, we already had that whole digital marketing team pretty built out. Uh, from there, it went to building out more of the operations side of the team to support the growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're finally starting to think about, um, uh, the sales team and this up until, so up until 2018, I was the only salesperson. Then I hired a full-time person. We had one full-time salesperson up until the beginning of this year. Wow. That, that's actually like out there selling. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then now we actually just hired two regional sales managers. So it's kind of, it's actually the opposite of the way a lot of other brands have built. Um, but we feel like this was the best way to do it, you know, and right now, as we're in, in this point in time, it's becoming like where, where chomps has never been easier to sell. So we kind of feel this like push to pull, uh, transition where it was always pushing, always grinding, just trying to get in front of buyers and category managers, managers to get sales and get on shelves. And now we're in this position where we're becoming this leader in, the, in these better for you uh, meat snack brands. And now the, we have retailers coming to us, which has been, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, but now we need to continue building the team around to support that and make sure that we're executing on shelf. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you guys, you said you started as like an e-commerce and now is the majority, all of your majority of your sales coming through on a retail standpoint of things? Uh, well, no, actually it's about, uh, we're about 40% uh, e-commerce still. Wow. Uh, yeah. So we're, and that continues to grow. Um, I, I know, I think COVID actually may have had, had a, a, a big um, yeah. influence on that. I think a lot of people just now shopping and from their house mm-hmm. uh, and not going into retail stores, but you know, we're, we're growing on all platforms though right now. I think people nowadays are buying more groceries than ever before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're in a, we're in a great position to continue selling. Yeah. And do you have any tips for getting into retail stores or like how to kind of start that process or did people truly just kind of come to you? Uh, no, no people <laughs> you need to. So the biggest thing is data. You need to be able to prove to these category managers and buyers mm-hmm. that there's a reason for putting your product on the shelf. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if you can start the way we did, so we had, we were very successful on Amazon, on Thrive Market and other um, e-commerce platforms, we're at least able to take that data and take that to the category manager, managers since we don't have any of this like syndicated spins or IRI yeah. or data. Um, that was at least good enough where we could say, listen, we're winning on all these platforms where some of these other brands that you already carry are on mm-hmm. and we're beating them there. We think we can win here. And so you just need to get that first shot then in, in, uh, you know, in the retail setting. So that's, that's the way we did it. Yeah. And grinding through that is, is, is kind of how it, how it starts at least. Um, where, what do you feel like people should do really today? Like starting off in their business, a lot of the listeners are very first, second year kind of trying to start that. And, um, where do you feel like they should start today to kind of start that growth of their business? Wow. Um, 
initial i mean i i i would never change a thing that like what we did with that go to market strategy so if you're thinking about especially a cpg product and and the way that the people are shopping nowadays e-commerce is where to start yeah. for sure it's going to be a lot less expensive um it's it's you have much better margins um you're able to build that loyal following and ha- and establish those authentic relationships directly with your customers that you're never going to be able to get in the retail setting. Mm. Um, and then the last thing really there, if you're just starting out, you want to be able to get feedback and proof of concept very early. Um, that's the best way to do it. You're better off doing that in a, in a e-commerce setting than retail, because if you do it in retail and something goes wrong, you're going to have some pretty upset, uh, category managers that, you know, that are, may never have give you, give you another shot again. So yeah, well, and shelf space is hard to find. So got to kind of, kind of do it right from the, from the beginning. Sure. Awesome. So I ask all of my guests, three questions. Uh, first question is like, what is a resource recommendation? It can be a book, a podcast, whatever that may be. Like, where did you find some, something super helpful for business owners? Yeah. Well, one of the ones that we're talking about right now internally is this book called Upstream. Hmm. Uh, actually, I'll get the, uh, give me a second. I'll get the, the author's name. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. So this is upstream. So this is the quest to solve problems before they happen. Uh, this is by Dan Heath. And, um, so this is more about trying to, it's exactly what that says, you know, trying to really look uh, way ahead and, and anticipate problems before they ever surface. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the way that we're trying to think about business and building our business nowadays. You initially, when you're starting out, you, you kind of, you're kind of forced to be so reactive to so many different things. Um, but now we're trying to think ahead and be much more strategic and ready for um, any type of issues or problems yeah. that ahead of us. Totally. It's definitely, definitely a good way to do it. Um, so the next one is if you could eat dinner with anybody in the world, dead or alive, just dinner conversation, um, three people, who would they be? Oof. Okay. Well, I'd say my two grandfathers, they're, they're yeah. both passed away. Uh, so that would be amazing to, to talk to both of them and to see, mm-hmm. see where I came from first off. Cause I'm nothing like either one of my two parents. They're, they're both, they're both very different and I'm not like any, like not like either of them. Either so of them? Yeah. Like, who, like, who am I like? Am I like one of my grandfathers? I don't know. So, um, uh, that would be interesting. And let's see, let's think of someone that's alive. Um, man, that's a tough one. I know. Hey, um, yeah. Yeah, this isn't stumping me, man. Um, so you know, I would say someone like like an Elon Musk, like just I know that's so so cliche. He's on my list too. Kind of corny, but like you just want to like listen to a guy like that talk and just figure out where the hell these ideas come from, oh like, my gosh. like where his brain works. Like it's just it's wild to listen to him sometimes and he, like the way he thinks about things. But I know. Uh, yeah, I think he would be a, a cool person to talk to. Yeah, I agree. He's on my list too. Absolutely. He's his, his brain is miraculous. I would, I feel like it's gotta be tiring in there, but it would be really cool to kind of tap in a little bit. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What is kind of your biggest tip or learning experience that you want to leave entrepreneurs with for the podcast? Yeah. Uh, stay focused. Um, so if you think about the way to be very successful in terms of, you know, whether you're just trying to build a brand or you're trying to build personal wealth, it's trying to figure out and do one thing and be the absolute best at that one thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that for me was something I struggled with for so many years, especially in my early on in my entrepreneurial journey. Um, and when I finally decided I'm going to, I'm going to ditch all the other things that I'm doing and focus hundred percent on building chomps. 
Yeah. Um, that was where it, things just really started to turn a corner. Um, and then on top of it, once we started building Chomps, it's like a lot of brands get really excited about the next shiny thing in terms of innovation and trying to, you know, bring it, be the first to bring some other product to market. And they haven't really established any type of scale with their core offering. Um, that's a huge problem, especially in the CPG business. Um, and, and so for us, it's like, you know, we, we have had, have had many opportunities to, to experiment with other innovations, but we decided, and we made this, this, um, this deal with ourselves that we were, we were going to stay focused and we're going to build what this when we welcome change to be the best, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's fine. We're, we're going to be the absolute best meat stack, meat stick, uh, stick brand that's out there. And so that's what we've been doing. Um, yeah. and we're, we're accomplishing that now. Mm, yeah, I love that. The focus, the staying really focused in there is so important too, because so many people, like you said, it's like shiny object syndrome. They want to move all over the place and they're excited to grow, but it's also like kind of nailing down what you have before you expand, as well as a lot of times I see people like they're focused and really put all into one. And once they do that, they stop thinking small about it. And so at first it's like this hobby side hustle that they're, they're, they're doing at night, but they're, they're still thinking it's, it's the hobby side hustle. And once you kind of in your brain, you're like, no, this is a business. This is what we're doing. It's going to be, it's going to be huge. And all of these things, you think big, you start to act big in your actions there as well. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Pete. Well, where can people find Chomps? Where can they find you? Where, what is the, the final kind of connection point here that you want to give people? For sure. Yeah. So chomps.com. Uh, we're on Amazon Thrive Market. Uh, if you go to our website, you can find all the different stores that we're in. We're in most markets now uh, in terms of ge- geographies and, um, and most big retailers, which is very exciting, but there's still, uh, still a lot, a lot of work for us to, to do in terms of getting into additional retailers. But um, but yeah, and then I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me, Pete Maldonado, very easy to find there and, uh, always happy to connect. Awesome. Thanks so much, Pete. This was super awesome and people are going to find it so helpful. Awesome. Thanks, Maddie. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. All right, folks, that is it for the day one relaunch party episode. And truly, I hope you loved that episode because there's so many good nuggets in there of how they brought their business from from at home and hustling to huge, huge, huge retail stores. So don't miss out on all of the fun relaunch party festivities. Check us out on Instagram and see everything there at this is Madison Page on Instagram, but make sure to join the small business growth community. The link is in the show notes below. Truly 100% free, a community for you to join other like-minded people, gain access to me, gain access to exclusive free trainings, early access to offers. It's honestly a no-brainer. So click that link, join that there, and I am so excited to see you inside. Get introducing yourself, get mingling, networking, making connections, and building relationships in the business world because you don't know what might come from that. So I'm so excited to get to know you better, for you to get to know me better, and for us to have a rockin' business community on there. All right. Have a great day. I will hear from you tomorrow for day two of Relaunch Party Week.